Drumming. This is the Working Drummer Podcast, featuring conversations with ground-level pros from all styles and regions. Real drummers with real stories about making a living in music. Hey everyone, welcome to Working Drummer Podcast. I'm Zach Albetta, and this week we're bringing you a roundtable discussion with my wife, Christina Albetta, Matt Krause, and his wife, Liz Shadbolt, and also our buddy Kevin Leon, drummer for St. Paul and the Broken Bones, and his wife, Erin Johnson. Over the years, Matt and I and many of our guests have talked about our life partners and balancing our relationships with our music careers, and we thought it was high time to hear from the other side of this equation about what it's like to do life with a drummer. A long-term committed relationship with a musician or any type of creative presents some unique challenges in terms of money, time, kids, trust, and so much more but also some unique benefits, and Christina, Liz, and Aaron offer some valuable perspective on all of it. We have some new content from some of our guests up on Patreon. We're featuring five transcriptions by Mike Malone, including Steve Gadd on We're In This Love Together by Al Jarreau, Anderson Pack on Leave the Door Open by Silk Sonic, and another recent guest, John J.R. Robinson, on Rock With You by Michael Jackson. There's a lot more there, including a video by Bruce Becker discussing 16th note grooves three ways and another by Brian Zach about jazz ride technique. You can access all this and the rest of our Patreon content for as little as $1 a month at patreon.com slash working drummer. So this is something we've wanted to do for a long time. We thought having our partners speak for themselves about what life with us is like would be beneficial for our listeners and their partners. No matter where on the spectrum of sexuality, gender, or legal status your relationship falls, I think there's a lot of insight and commonality here about how to navigate it when one of you is a drummer. And as expected, there are tons of laughs too, so I hope you dig this. Here we go. Let's start off by having uh, each of these ladies say who they are, how long they've been doing life with their drummer, um, and just so we can we can get to know them a little bit because they've they've heard ad nauseum from me and Matt. We need to hear from them. So next to me is well, I'm Christina Albetta. Uh, go by Chris when I'm home, and I have been married to this tall guy for nine years. We've been friends for we've been together for thirteen, and we have been friends for twenty seven years. Mm-hmm. So we go way back. Oh, yeah. A little terrifyingly back into high school yearbook land. Yeah. Might have to pop that up at some point, <laughs> but not today. This is an audio-only format, thank God. <laughs> um, All right. I, oh, yeah. Oops, sorry. No, nope. Mm-mm, go. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> and What's your name again? Liz Shadbolt. And Matt and I have been married for 23 years. And then... We knew each other before that, obviously, you know. Right. It wasn't a day of sort of like meet not, and get married. Thing. Not this time. Okay, um, good. <laughs> so maybe closest to 30 years that we've known each other. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, I'm Aaron Johnson. Uh, Kevin and I met when we were 15 and became friends and then started dating when we were 24. And that was 14 years ago. And we've been married for two years. Took us a while to, to decide. Couldn't to commit. 
Well, from 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 the looks of Instagram, you are killing marriage so far. Well, it's almost dead. It is a competition. <laughs> <laughs> yes, marriage and music are definitely competition. And it's a winner. Y'all are y'all are winning both. <laughs> um, so for for the three of you, like um, I know. Christina had to think sort of long and hard about, you know, getting into a relationship with, um, you know, not only basically her best friend, but somebody who does what I do for a living. So I would I would like to hear from the three of you about sort of your your thought process, what you signed up for, what you didn't sign up for. (laughs) How much time we have? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can remember the day I was in the car with my dad and we were driving on I-70 in Columbus, Ohio, and I was telling him about this nice boy I'd been seeing. And we were just about to go around an S-curve when I dropped the D-bomb that he's a drummer. <laughs> and my dad really, you know, kind of weird, um, hard. Um, but yeah, it was it was a decision for sure, but I can't imagine doing anything different. Um, so let's see, I was like a musical theater nerd when I met Kevin. Um, so him being a drummer was like, you know, par for the course. That was, that was what I was into. I had dated (laughs) several drummers before him. So (laughs) I was already a little bit of a professional. Um, and as we like developed a relationship, it was kind of easy because at that point I had shifted gears. I was no longer doing the art thing myself so he kind of was an extension of that thing that I really loved um but didn't want to commit my life to um not him sorry the art thing (laughs) uh so that was kind of nice because it kind of supplemented this thing that I missed um and then my family's fruity so they were like go for it yes (laughs) arts and stuff follow your dreams (laughs) i feel similarly i feel like you know we we met in high school marching band we did not date in high school but we were both in marching band together and um i was a trombone player and i too went into college thinking i was going to be a musician and realized very quickly that wasn't going to work because i didn't like practicing and um so you can't really do that if none of us like practicing it didn't stop us well but like no but i wasn't actually really good oh right okay theory almost killed me but anyway um (laughs) I mean, I for me, it was never really a question because I've never known you to be anything but a drummer. And so I knew that I was going to be entering into a relationship with someone who whose job is their passion. And to me, that's super inspiring because I don't I, I don't do that. I do things that I'm good at and that I like, but it's not this defining part of me. And so it felt really really cool to be able to be with somebody who found something that they've loved since they were seven and are that committed to it. Um, and I knew that if it's been that long of a love, then I'm, I'm kind of fitting in. I'm right. kind of fitting into it. So, right. Yeah. So was there any thought for any of you about like, okay, if I, if, if this is the person I'm going to spend my life with, um, certain things are either maybe not necessarily not options, but going to present like they're going to be a lot more complicated or a lot more difficult um in terms of finances in terms of whether or not you have kids in terms of how much you see each other did did this factor in for any of you liz is my wife liz is sending significant glances i see (laughs) you go liz um our firstborn was very late and 
Matt had to leave a couple of days after he was finally born to go on the road. Mm. And um, I don't think anybody knew. I mean, we didn't know how hard it would be. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's 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 been a it's been a thing, and it's been harder than I think either one of us would have guessed. Because um, I agree with Christina so much. Like, I want him to do what he loves and what he's good at. Like, that's you know what you love about someone and their passion. But boy, it was tough. Um, our kids are out of the house. <laughs> right recently yeah the youngest youngest isaac just uh shipped off to eastman yeah thanks to his uh college counselor zach albetta <laughs> i told him not to go you did you did and i wasn't going to mention that but yeah no i did i didn't <laughs> you told us to tell him not to. <laughs> but um he had other plans for isaac but yeah, yeah. It's, it's been really tough i mean it's good you know our kids are fine and good and our marriage is fine and good but we've had to work really hard at it yeah um, and i don't know if it would have been easier if like he was an accountant and i saw him at five thirty every day i think we'd both be miserable <laughs> yeah. no, there's matt, is, matt is shaking his head no yeah. christina and i like sh sometimes she'll joke with me about like you know the the possibility or the prospect of doing something other than music and she's like that this is impossible what are you going to do sell fucking insurance like or absolutely what are you qualified to do I mean, <laughs> yeah. more things save I, on a computer like yeah. what, what not qualified job? what not qualified for anything else <laughs> yeah, maybe cooking yeah I you just don't know though like you don't know you 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 fall in love with someone that you you have the same values you share values, you share love of things, you have a lot to talk about, you find that and then you figure it out. But I think, you know, the truth is when you're an artist, I think finances are a hard thing to, to think about and to realize. Like for me, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to, I know that I'm going to bear, I'm going to bear the responsibility of a lot of making the money. And that didn't at all bother me because, well, you know, kind of pushy and <laughs> do all that. But, be a boss. Um, <laughs> I like to be a boss, but yeah, it's not something you think about when you're in love and it's all going great. It's once you're really in it and you're like, oh, this is my person. It's it's a lot of you make a lot of sacrifices with your time that I don't think I was really aware of and that I didn't really realize of just the normal time to your point, Liz, of like having dinner at night or the weekends, you know, like there's a lot of times when you're by yourself. And so if you are a woman who really needs to have a person fall asleep next to you when you go to bed. You might not want to marry a drummer because they're not going to be there a lot. And um, I don't I don't think that's a bad thing. It's just something you got to be aware of is, is time and finances and truly sharing a love with someone, um, which is hilarious. But like your love of drums is something that I have to compete with. <laughs> truly. I mean, I've never seen anybody watch more drum videos in my life, except for probably the two of the other guys on this call. It's right. like, how many, how much drums can you possibly consume in a day? Yeah. It's endless people. Yeah. It's endless. Yeah. I agree, Christina. We were 24 when we met. So like nobody was thinking about finances and we're, neither of us are uh, inclined to breed. So that worked out. Um, <laughs> Uh, I'm going to start when people ask me if I have kids, I'm just going to say I'm not inclined to breed. We uh, we we bore no crotch fruit uh, in this family. Um, and and I think like seeing other musicians trying to juggle families seems really, really hard. Um, like to y'all's point that you really have to be very intentional and connected. 
And I also don't meet a ton of other musicians who are like insightful enough to have some of the conversations you need to have about home management and energy, you know, spent on things. So it seems like it really has to be kind of a collection of uh, sort of lucky happenstance and um, characteristics to to find someone who can manage all of that. And I feel very fortunate that like neither of us were interested in um, bringing kids into the world because that freed us up in a big way for this to just like be kind of easy breezy. Um, and I'm also like a pretty solid introvert. So it gets to a point when Kevin is not on tour that I'm like, do you have any jobs or <laughs> anybody maybe in New York or LA? Okay, so I can miss you. I just, <laughs> don't you want me to miss you? Um, so, we, but like we, again, like it, when it started, we were kids. We, and we, ha we had a long distance relationship for three years. So it, it's like after that, any tour that he goes on, I'm like six weeks. <laughs> I'll see you in six weeks. It'll be fine. <laughs> so it, again, kind of like kismet a little bit, just making it work out in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have those conversations early on. This really difficult conversations. And I mean, moving to Nashville from Columbus was like, seemed like the logical place. When we talk on the podcast about like all these music cities, I'm like, well, I, I really want to have a family and how do I do this? And what happens is the music, your career is when you have to balance that, that family and work. Work has some sacrifices that are made. Family has some sacrifices. And it's always this teeter-totter between the two. But um, And again, because you're so young and, and just your world is small, problems don't seem – you just feel invincible. And so um, – <laughs> It just seems like, well, we can we can do this, we can do this, but it, we learned through trial and error that the communication line just has to be open. And we were very fortunate that her mom retired early and came down and helped us out. But she needed to be part of that conversation as well. And we'd have these like little weekly meetings between the three adults, like who's taking who, where, what's going on. Um, who's sleeping now and who's <laughs> watching this person and who <laughs> next and some sleep. Yeah. And I, I just can't imagine doing it now, but, um, <laughs> still, you know, um, th to your guys's point, there are times that I'm home on Saturdays and Liz is looking at me and like, what are you doing? Can I help you? Yeah, can I, I just watch my shows? Okay, I've got <laughs> stories I have to catch up on. Yeah, are you here to deliver something? <laughs> you better not be bringing another symbol in this house. <laughs> I'm just saying right now. Uh, okay, so uh, last thing I'll say about that: when Liz and I were living together in Columbus, uh, but long before we were married, and I came home with a new symbol. She walked over. She goes, oh, for me, this is great. I love it. And she picked up and she put it on the wall. There was a hook. And she's like, this looks great. That's perfect. And I thought, this is, this is the woman for me. I know. <laughs> yeah. Slash, I am in big trouble for the rest of my life. Nicely done. Nicely done. 
So regarding finances, I have a I have a question for Matt and Kevin. Um, I I think our our three uh, marriages are fairly similar in that Liz, Christina, and Aaron are sort of the you know the more steady wage earners between the two. Um, <laughs> That's not and, true for me. And, <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. But it has been it has been true historically. Oh, absolutely, right? yeah, yeah. So, did did either of you um, run into a, sort of a, a crisis of masculinity where your reptile brain was like uh, having trouble with uh, the fact that you were? not providing for the two of you because early on in our relationship i definitely did and i was surprised uh the extent to which it it fucked with me um but i'm curious if that happened for either of you uh go ahead matt well i can i can say that um uh, yeah early on liz was making more more than me um i I didn't have a problem with it i was just really surprised that she was work (laughs) <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I think that because we had kids, uh, there was always another job to be done. When I wasn't gigging or touring, uh, there was stuff at home to be doing. I, my job was to take care of the kids and, and, and run them around. So before I got busy and before I was making a, a, you know, a decent wage, um, that was my gig was the stay-at-home dad, the stay-at-home parent. Um, but, you know, Liz has always worked in the nonprofit world, and so I feel like any time one of us is actually making a decent living, we're like, go team, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the, as you guys can guess, in the nonprofit world, it's, it's just as sus as mm. the music industry mm-hmm. in many ways. But... Mm. That's where we're. That's where we share this thing. Is it's what her passion is, and um, it 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 brings me great joy to see that in her. And then what she, how that transcends into what our sons have observed. You know, uh, Liz, what do you do? I'm a deaconess with the United Methodist Church. Yeah. Oh, cool. I work in um, poverty alleviation. Amazing. Oh, Deaconess, what a great title! Money. Yeah. Oh, of course, you're in it for the money. We all know. We can tell. Yeah. I've been in it for the health insurance so many times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I've provided, if not a salary, that's good. At least we've had health insurance. You all need to start an all-female Steely Dan cover band called Deaconess Blues. Uh, incredible. Oh, my God. Here we go. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Kev, I, uh, you're going to have to leave, I think. Okay, I'll I'll see myself. In. <laughs> I interrupted you. Take it away. Um, what were we talking about? Uh, oh, he was yeah. asking about a crisis uh, of masculinity because I made so much more money as a zookeeper than you. I've never. <laughs> <laughs> She's not kidding, folks. <laughs> yeah. That's not a figure of speech. No, oh, because no, yeah. we could talk. We could talk. I have two boys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you were in the real monkey cage. Yeah, <laughs> go. Go ahead, Kevin. Uh, I've never questioned my masculinity. Look at that face. <laughs> look, look at that. Face. No, um, uh, I think maybe like early on there was a moment of me being like, "Oh, I'm a man. I got to provide for my woman." Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that night. It was good. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, uh, but that faded pretty quickly because 
I mean, I got lucky and I found the right person. And so throughout the course of our relationship, 14 years now, it's sort of been this back and forth of like one of us will sort of chase the dragon, like pursue a, a dream or a career path or something, uh, which a lot of times doesn't pay a lot. And the other will sort of hold hold down the fort. And I feel like, yeah, it sort of switched back and forth for, for a while. Aaron uh, was a zookeeper. Uh getting regular pay and ten dollars an hour y'all come yep. on hot damn oh, yeah. yep it was regular at least <laughs> um yeah but i've played gigs for less yeah exactly um but yeah you know she was a zookeeper and i was trying to build any sort of work here in atlanta and then she quit her zookeeping job um and i buckled down and started teaching a bunch and it just went back and forth like that so short answer is like ultimately no, because I got a partner that's like really in it with me and willing to sort of counterbalance when I chase the dragon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the big point, right? It's like, you know, when people say marriage has to be 50-50, that's just total bullshit because it never works that way in energy and money and time. And you've got to find this balance where you're like, today I can give 25, you're going to have to pick up the 75. Maybe tomorrow you're giving 60, I'm doing 40. And I think that it's even more apparent when you're married to someone that like leaves in the evening and often and is always having to kind of hustle and you're not just playing music you're also going to listen to music to stay in the scene to be still be heard and be known and out there it's just a lot of so there's a lot of give and take where you know you weren't the you, you weren't staying home with the kids but you know he was the house chef <laughs> and the, the house gardener and the house you know all the other things that that I didn't have time to do when I was doing you know the typical nine to five and I think that it, it is more it's more about finding the right person and, you know, just all happen to be kick-ass drummers that we fell in love with. But, but it's, it's, it's this constant give and take that never feels 50, 50. So mm -hmm. yeah, I, I think that's healthy and good. I can't imagine trying to do what we do with a partner that's not willing to like navigate it with me. If I, if I was in a situation where I just had to bring home the bread and uh, make a living, and I, I can't see that going well, like not just financially, but also like interpersonally, like, yeah, that would be that would sort of be a nightmare, I feel like. Yeah. And in terms of navigating it with you, like this is something we talk about on the podcast a lot, which is that if, you know, um, if if you have a good partner as a as a musician, it's it's a partner who doesn't let you just do whatever the fuck you want because you're a creative and you have to you know be an artist and all this shit it's about i mean at least for for us you know christina has held me accountable to uh you know be the best drummer the best artist i can be but also you know be active pursue opportunities that i'm not sure about just sort of like kick my ass into gear and say like no go do what you want to do i'm not going to ask you to sell insurance but like do everything you can. I'm I'll support you. Fucking go do it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, there are definitely times uh now as much as we tour like in between tours I will be spent and just want to be home and Aaron will like push me out the door basically and say like <laughs> you really need to go out and like go network and really just get out of the house cuz I'm tired of you being here. That's only when Brandon <laughs> is coming over though, you know. That's what I need to make room for Brandon on those nights. 
I, I think there's times when um, uh, Liz isn't pushing me out the door to go go do things. There's there's, but I think there's times when I need to make some tough decisions about the kind of work that I'm doing, and um, because of the the relationship that we have and the time we've spent together, uh, and just constantly being honest with each other. I, I feel like I could, if I'm questioning something or I'm just not 100% sure, I feel like she has the answer for me. But she she waits for me to come to her. Like last year when I was trying to decide to leave a gig and I was like, I just don't know. Here's the thing. She's like, this is the right thing. Like do it. I mean, just I feel like she really trusts me a lot to if and it. And there have been times when, you know, she'll call me out and she'll say, uh, no, you're you're not making the right decision. But for the most part, it's like I trust you. I'm with you 100. percent Whatever you, I, I'll tell you this one thing. I was um, playing with a with a group, and we were down a car. She came and picked me up, and I jumped in the car, and I said, "Ugh, I just I can't do this anymore." And it was a full time gig. I mean, it was it was just everything at the time, and um, and she said, "Yeah, fuck it, don't do it." Like, we'll figure it out. Just, that's happened more, uh, that's happened several times. Like, I, I'd come off the road and I I don't think I want to do this anymore. But it's 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 our bread and butter. It's what I bring to the table. And she's never hesitated. She's like, no, just come home. Like, we'll figure it out. We'll mm-hmm. just, we'll figure it out. It will work out, you know. And it, yeah. and it has. And I think because... I'm like, that just gives me an amazing amount of confidence to be like, yeah, I don't, I'm not worried about the next thing because I just, I feel confident in the support that I have. But sometimes what's made it work is like you doing UPS routes or working the line at a restaurant or working at the Y. I mean, that's, I think that's the partnership is like. I've never had a spouse who, like, I come home after a long day at work and he's passed out on the couch after playing video games. Like, <laughs> occasionally that would be fine, just for the record. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but I have always known that I had a spouse who was willing to make this a partnership and wasn't, you know, expecting me to go it alone. So, I remember right. Eli was a little baby and he was doing a UPS route at Christmas time and we would drive out. Not him. I was. Yeah. No, right, okay. yeah. <laughs> Although Eli was very strong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, we drive out and like take him lunch and let, you know, so he could see the baby and hold him for a second and I could breathe a minute. And I mean, that's been the sacrifice is the extra hard work. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't imagine really, um, doing this with with a kid or or multiple kids uh and i know people do it you guys obviously did it um but you know to your point it it definitely changes um it changes everything about what you both have to be willing to do not in not just in terms of um you know work and earning but like matt said earlier like you have got to be uh willing to communicate and and fucking organized <laughs> or else someone's life actually depends on exactly <laughs> but there was there was a motivation to kind of follow our passion to be like if we can't provide an income to give our kids whatever the fuck they wanted which doesn't help anybody um right. if we could keep the lights on 
uh, then our kids could see two people that were following their passion and doing what they wanted to do. And, and, it, and that's what we have left them with, you know, yeah. nothing else. Nothing. And it's absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no college fund, no have, inheritance. They can, have this they can symbol. pick a drum. They can have yeah. the, <laughs> yeah. you get everyone on your way out the door. Pick a drum. Pick a drum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's all we have. Well, that's that's something I really admire about you guys is that like your your kids didn't grow up rich, but they grew up with two parents who were doing you know really cool shit that nobody else's parents were doing. I mean, maybe in Nashville, some other kids' parents were doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the truth. Yeah, um, right, right. And, I mean, and, pe- kids come over for a play date and leave a demo tape. It's kind of gross. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, going into a relationship like that, you, you kind of have to figure out how to be okay with knowing that you're going into a partnership with someone that doesn't have consistent money. And if you are someone that needs that, don't date a musician. Yeah, yeah. Do if you want a boat, be how it's go in be. a different direction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, if you want Prada, go in a different yeah. direction. For yeah. sure. If, but if you want someone who wakes up every day filled with passion and works their asses off and inspires you, like <laughs> date someone who's in music and, and it'll it'll rub off on you. I mean, I, I so resonate with you, Aaron, that I get to still continue my love of music through what Zach does. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing it, but I still get to be the beneficiary of it. And And so, you know, it goes back again to you have to really be willing to say like the traditional way, you know, this, I don't know if there is any more traditional marriage anymore. It's kind of, it's whatever covenant you create with each other. It doesn't even matter, but it has to be something that you both agree on and you both understand. There cannot be a, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to date you and we're going to do this. And then someday you're going to get a real job. I hate that. <laughs> girlfriends are like, is he, is he, is he ever going to get a real job? I'm like, screw you. He has a real job. Um, it's it's all I, about I, a false construct that, that exactly. Uh, yeah. And, and it's, it's not helpful. It's like a real job. Like you mean like a job that many of us have where you go to work every day and you know, by five you want to die. Like, I don't want that for him. I love the fact that I have somebody else that doesn't have to, you know, that feels really free to do what they want to do. It's not in the, the same confines of time that we have, but, um, but it, it is something that you have to be mindful of. It's, you're not going to be on the same schedule. You are not going to have, the, the kind of like traditional thing where you have dinners every Friday night. Like, no, you don't do that. <laughs> you don't really get to do that. You don't get to have Friday night, Saturday night dinners. And usually they're, you know, Sunday doing something in the morning. So you've got to be willing to find an intentional time to connect outside of quote unquote, the normal hours of relationships and, and do it intentionally. Yeah. I, I will say that um, having a crazy schedule has made us be way more intentional with our time together we we have less of it we have less time together but when i'm home when i'm home we hang hard which is (laughs) cool uh yeah so even if i'm home for three days and unless we have like something pressing going on there we carve out some time to like cook dinner together or like spend time on the river together or whatever, which is, which is nice. And in a way it makes that time that we do have together even more special because we can't take it for granted because it's just so relatively, there's so yep. little of it. Yeah. I think a lot of folks who have that Christina, more traditional kind of structure, 
uh, don't have the opportunity to know what they would be missing out on. Um, so right. when Kev's not around, we're very attuned uh, to not being able to, when I go and do things uh, that he's jealous of and when he's going and doing things that I'm jealous of, then we get together and we're like, let's go kayaking. Let's go to Dragon Con. Let's go swim in the lake with a snake for funsies. <laughs> Just for fun. Um, and uh, so there's a gratitude to that that I think mm-hmm. um, maybe other folks don't have access to. And I'm, I'm, I, I like the way that this works for us so much. I think I would be miserable if, if, if he were a. <laughs> insurance salesman if we had more time together i I mean honestly that's probably true too because the introvert of me is like please leave me alone sometimes um love you so much mean it please leave um but yeah i I just don't think i'd have the same kind of gratitude and appreciation for the time we do have think about all the times over the years that we've found the time like to celebrate the birthday to have the birthday party to you know remember that last week was valentine's day and we weren't together but you know um Mm -hmm. think about the year he came off the road ran in the house into the bedroom where i had a star wars costume waiting for him you know (laughs) (laughs) the costumes were 3po and r2d2 right See, it was a lot like this with the, you know that's right right um Force was strong. Let me it just was. say, uh, <laughs> oh, hey. no, no, it's just like like that was the kids' party. I mean, I got an early flight. I, I literally walked in, the, and the party was starting in five minutes. And like, honey, I'm home. She's like, costume, bedroom, go, you know. And just, and then I had to leave the party early to go play in town. But it was, it was like things aren't going to happen on the date. You can't get caught up in that shit. Yep. If you were raised in a house where your parents were obsessive about this is when we do things and this is how it's always been and this is tradition, fuck that. It's like it's time to carve out your own traditions and mm-hmm. make new rules. And uh, because we're we're just dealing with this generation after generation of of this is this is how family is. This is what it looks like. I mean, even. Even when our youngest was really little and he would draw pictures of the family, this is fucked up. And I give him shit about it now. When, when he would draw a picture, there's him, this little guy with orange. There's his brother in green, their favorite colors. There's mom with her red hair. And there's dad in a suit and a tie with stubble. With stubble. With stubble. Yeah. Still yeah. not clean shaven. But I'm like, what is this? And like, that's you, Daddy. And I'm like, I'm wearing. I don't even own a tie. <laughs> but that was his. But again, mm-hmm. here's a, here's an example of a kid that was like, this is white. This is what families do, right? You know. Um, but also the 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 oldest when he was really little, and we were visiting her mom in in Ohio. He woke up and he's like, where's grandma? And and Liz was like, oh, grandma had to go to work. And he said, grandma plays drums? <laughs> Hell yeah, you should hear her. <laughs> Everybody in the world, that's what we do for work. <laughs> that's great. So it's really, it's been really interesting. But now, uh, you know, one kid's an engineer and one kid's going into music. But it's like, 
when our son talks about engineering, he talks about it with a passion that it's like talking about Coltrane or something like that. You're like, I don't know what you're saying, but man, your passion for it is amazing and it mm. i love it and that that's like okay i'm done yeah yeah, yeah. check mm-hmm. job well done mm-hmm. passion mm-hmm. so one of the other ways that y'all are, are sort of called upon to support us is like actually um showing up to gigs and to concerts and all the music that we do um really? i know christina <laughs> 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 Yeah, and Chris, like Christina wanted to hear from y'all about, the, you know, the the gigs that you've suffered through over the years, <laughs> and and oh, at God. at what point or you know if at all your uh, your partner told you like yeah you don't you don't need to come to this one. <laughs> Actually, like I think I've seen you play out since I've seen Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hear him every single day at home, but yeah, yeah, I think. I mean, we've been together yeah. almost 30 years, so she's... I trust that that's what he's going to do. <laughs> <laughs> right, you don't, you don't need to like, you know, see evidence of it in person. Okay, yes, he is playing a shitty gig. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> yeah. uh, Go ahead, Aaron. Um, so I know early on, we listened to a lot of jazz. Mm. God. A lot of jams. <laughs> the, oh, the jams. I think at some point I found myself entertained in the basement of Elliott Street watching cockroaches crawl across the wall because I couldn't Oof. deal with the jazz anymore. <laughs> this is a song that never it goes on. And it was probably Elliott Street that was the straw that broke the camel's back. And I was like, I can't do this anymore. Love you. <laughs> I have to stay home. I'm not staying out until midnight listening to a bunch of teenagers <laughs> diddle themselves in a basement where people are watching. This feels wrong. And I don't want to do it anymore. Um, so that began the conversation of like, how can I support you and also prevent us from fighting about this and me being resentful and you feeling not supported and uh and that set a good tradition of communication around like what do you need what do i need um ultimately leading to a point where i did enough you know i set the foundation so that i have a lot more freedom he knows that i support him and that if i'm not going it's not because i don't love him that i Absolutely think he's the best drummer in the world that's ever been born, um, that will ever be born, that has ever breathed life into drums. Um, so yeah. that that definitely... I got to hear you play. Yeah. You won't, you won't believe it. It's incredible. Um, and then I think I make a special kind of effort with, with the band that he's with now. Um, because they're out for a little bit longer and I don't get to see them. So like at some point they were in Macon and I like drove to Macon to see you. Um, so there are things like that. Like I've seen St. Paul plenty of times now. I don't need to see another St. Paul show, but I will go even if it's, you know, a few hours out or like I've gone to Birmingham and, uh, you know, God hung out with family. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and, and yeah, so we've we've found a way to kind of find a balance so that we're both expressing to each other what we need and that we love each other through that kind of support. But 
God, it was a long road. It was a long, oh, yeah. long road. Early with, in the beginning, man. With Christina, like, it was it was oh. a very short road, and she was not nearly as diplomatic or careful with my feelings about <laughs> the fact that she was not having a good time. You know? I was like, this is all of you guys just playing for each other, and I am... You don't even give a shit. There's an audience here, and I am not doing that anymore because you don't even care if I'm there or not. But I mean, jazz is a little different. Um, and Christina suffered through so many jazz oh gigs. Oh my god, so much it's free jazz, jazz y'all! I just yeah. can't. I just yeah. can't. Um, <clears throat> but I think we got to a point where I just like in the beginning, I felt like I needed to show up. I needed to show up and support my partner and the the passion that he had and the thing he was doing. Like I felt like I should go to his gigs. I should support him. I should you know, put makeup on again after work <laughs> at 9.30 after, you know, and like... Drive to the blue starting, whale. You're not starting till 11. I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> that is insane. Yeah. Um, and I, I, But I think at one point I would just... I just said, you know, tell me what you really want me to go to. If there's something that you really think I'm going to enjoy, not suffer through, but like I actually will enjoy this gig and you really want me to be there because it's important to you, then tell me. And otherwise, I always feel like I can opt out. And I, it's actually like you, both of you, like I don't ever even feel like I'm really having to opt in at all anymore. Like we've done, the, we've, we've, we've paid the dues. But if he comes back and says, you know, this is a really important gig to me, then I'm going to go if I, can, if I can make it happen. But that, that requires, again, back to communication and saying, this is important to me and this is why. And you might not like this music, but you're going to meet this person that I really want you to meet because we've been hanging out for a long time, whatever it is. Um, and there's no resentment to me for not coming to a gig anymore. And I don't think there ever would have been. I think you just kind of assume if you're supporting someone and you hear them practicing all the time, it might be nice to like hear the rest of the band. <laughs> there comes a point when it's just like, dear God, I can't hear any more drums. <laughs> I mean, I don't even hear it anymore. I don't know about you guys, but like I can go throughout my entire life doing my whole life. I could take a relaxing bath with fucking drums playing i'm not even kidding like you just don't even hear it anymore even though it's very very loud in the house people will walk up and say what is happening yeah. and you know so well this is something else i wanted to touch touch on in terms of um you know like when you're cohabitating with a drummer i think every couple has to navigate you know whether whether you're playing at home you know just in a practice space in a practice context or whether you're running like a full-fledged studio or teaching lessons or something um how have y'all navigated the fucking noise <laughs> and the space? Well, we had two children to balance it out. Right. <laughs> so you were in a very loud house. Yeah. It's funny with, with you, Matt and Liz, like any issue we're talking about, it just comes back to like, we had two kids. None of this is even on our radar. Uh, like compared, compared to the kids, this is easy shit. <laughs> I tell you, um, I, I mean, it like right here, like this is the studio space where I record, but then I have this walk-in closet when we first moved in that I built a room within a room. I, I don't know. I was always just really self-conscious about like making too much noise. But even though it's there, this is the walkout basement. You can still kind of hear it in the house, but not outside. Um, not that long ago, uh, our son Isaac was practicing classical guitar, and he's in his room, and it's so beautiful to hear somebody practice that, you know. And it's wonderful, and it's quiet, and it's you know whatever Mendelssohn, and it's it's awesome. And I had to run some tunes, and I I. I was, it was like nine o'clock at night. I said, "Hey, man, I know you're working on this stuff. Um, I gotta go down and run a couple of these songs. Is that is that gonna bother you?" And he stopped and he looked at me. He goes, "Dad, I grew up in this house. 
I <laughs> like I don't care. I don't even hear it. Um, but I I I like be, I think that when they're at school and she's at work, like today I did some practicing. But you know, I kind of like I know around five thirty I'm gonna I'm gonna finish up, and if I need to record, it may spill over. But also, um, I think setting boundaries not only for your family but also for yourself is really good too, you know, because I think left without those boundaries, I would just be like in the practice room, probably wasting a lot of time, mm. getting worse. So it's <laughs> <laughs> that's real though. Really, yeah, 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 man. Sometimes practice makes you worse if you don't do it right. Yeah, <laughs> it's to my benefit to like have a, a, a time and I've had friends that run their own studios and and they said yeah uh, you know five o'clock I'm I I clock out no mm. more no more like they really set parameters for themselves and not only is it good for their relationships and their family but it's good for them as well Aaron and Kev what about you guys mm, yeah I mean there's a reason I dated a lot of drummers, okay? A lot, y'all. I don't want to emphasize this lot. too little, okay? Because um, I'm addicted to the beat. What can I say? Um, I I also don't really notice it. I think I think maybe God. once. <laughs> yeah, I have to deal with drums. He has to deal with how awesome I am. Um, I think maybe once in our house, I've needed to be like, I can't deal with this anymore. Um, and that was like a bad day, you know, like I was having a bad day and I needed it to be calm. But otherwise I remember early on in our relationship, uh, he has sticks in the car and, uh, I was driving and he was like tippity tapping it on the dashboard. Um, and at some point he goes, is this bothering you? And I said, is what bothering me? And he goes, you're, you're <laughs> perfect. And I was like, okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, it just, it didn't even start with being bothered. Um, and a lot of times I create some really awesome Instagram content uh, with, you know, the, the half done beats uh, that he repeats and repeats <laughs> and repeats and repeats. Um, yeah. So is that your next sample pack, Kevin? Yeah. Half done beats <laughs> that you can repeat. Yeah. It's just all <laughs> stuff that Aaron has captured from the other room. That's like half baked. Drives <laughs> <laughs> uh, you crazy about my practicing. The train beat that goes on and on. And no, on that's and not the thing. That's great. Oh, the other one. thing. Oh, there's another one. <laughs> You'll have to remind me. I think, it's, I, think, I think the steady thing is fine. It's the randomness. Like if I'm working mm. out a drum fill and it's oh, like, because yeah. it's just like that, that pulse, you can kind of like zone out. Yep. And so, I mean, this is, I'm learning this secondhand, but <laughs> it's that. It's like, just. And it's the enunciating of the drum sound. It's the <laughs> right. <laughs> Tell them about okay. So Zach, you know Mike Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> Tell them that. Tell them about that. Oh so. my gosh. So Matt and Mike have known each other since they were fifteen, sixteen, and yeah. now Mike and his wonderful wife live next door to us, which is just amazing. But they're always checking the acoustics of things. <laughs> and I are often feeling like we're. You know, just escorting our special needs partners around town as they. <laughs> and it's a little embarrassing sometimes, um, but also it is just who they are. And uh, yeah. 
letting that freak flag fly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Christina, you got to tell the story about um, when we, it was during COVID and like you were working upstairs, I was teaching and recording downstairs and we were, we were trying to coordinate, right? So we're, so we're in the, we're sitting in the drum room right now, which by the way, was like a huge fucking upgrade when we moved to Atlanta because we used to call it drum mountain that lived in our like dining room slash living room of our, our apartment in LA. So there were literally drums everywhere that I looked all the time. And now there's a door uh, so yeah. I can close the door <laughs> and door. all the drums are behind a door. So that, that changed a lot. But, um, my office is directly above the drum room and we've, he's done a lot in here to like make the sound good and we have a brick house. So it really helps. And it's not that loud, even though it is actually loud when people come over and he's playing it's they're like, Holy shit, how do you get anything done? And I'm like, seriously, you figure you just don't notice it. But we're sitting there and I mean, it's, it's, we live in an old house and he's drumming away and like my monitor's shaking and people are like, what the hell is happening? And for a while we were trying to coordinate, you know, like, okay, I've got a meeting at this time and you've got to teach at this time and you're going to practice and I'm going to do a meeting and back and forth and back and forth. And it was this whole ridiculous dynamic during COVID. And at one point I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Play whenever you want. I am watching people, their children run across the street there's like cat asses in my face. There's dogs barking. They're interrupting <laughs> everything. So you know what? You go for it. You just play. And from that point on, we just don't worry about it. And when people are like, what is that slight beat in the background? I'm like, yeah, you know, it's just the husband. But we, I just I was like, I can't. Like, I am seeing all of this insanity. And we're trying to be super careful when you're actually trying to make a living during COVID with your, you know, with drumming. And I was like, fuck it. Play whenever you want. Don't care. Done. Don't care. Isn't that at its core, <laughs> it's though? It's so freeing. Uh, uh, exactly. And I remember that. I remember Zach telling me that story when that when that all happened. But that goes back to what we were all talking about when we first started was like, I, I mean, I have a partner that is really passionate about doing something and during this like really fucked up time in 2020 he's finding ways to make a living with his passion yep. and so no go for it do do your thing because this is what i'm this is uh, this is what i admire about you so much yeah and it was just so much more <laughs> i got to say the practicing is one thing, but listening to um, drummers give lessons to young children is a whole other oh, yeah. Man. That shit is rough. Never again. That is rough. Zoom, that, that was hard. Zoom drum lessons are just the seventh circle of hell. It's <laughs> never again. Yeah, it was it was it was rough, but yeah, I don't know. We made it through. I don't know about yeah. you, Christina, but any time that he was playing during a meeting, I'd be like, "Sorry, can't talk." <laughs> Oh no, I can't contribute to the 10th tenth, oh. reconceptualization meeting we're having. Yeah. I would have loved to do that. I should have done that. It just was it was more funny when people were like, "Is there an earthquake happening?" I'm like, "No, I live in Georgia where there's no earthquake, but like the monitor is shaking because he's, you know, wailing on whatever." Um and I just kind of let it go and I think I think that's, you know, to your point Matt, I think, you know, you have to let each other be and do and and in both sides, like the drumming side, what I do for a living, you've got to just have the trust and the confidence of like, you do, you do what you need to do. And I trust you to do that. Um, one of the biggest things for me and, and dating a musician drummer, you know, is, is trust. You have to have such deep trust in your partner. People always say to me, they're like, Oh my God, do you trust him on the road? Like he could, mm. he could be doing all of these things. He could be. And I'm like, well, fuck, what, I'm at home. What? Like, what could I be like doing? Like paradiddles? 
I mean, seriously, I've had girlfriends be like, you, I mean, he's just gone. You just trust him on the road. And I'm like, well, yeah, I, I mean, you kind of have to, you, he, you have the freedom. I'm like, but I'm alone too. I mean, I could have a bunch of, you know, big dicks running through this house. He would never know. I mean, like it is a mutual, it's a mutual thing. It's, and, and so you have to trust each other. Like, this is what I need to do now. This is the practice time that I need. I'm not just, you know, whatever, but also trust him on the road. And I think that it's not just a drummer thing you've got to trust your partner and trust them to to be themselves go on the road be away and not have to worry about it i don't think that you could i don't know about y'all but i could never if we didn't have trust like this and we had to check in all the time and Mm. keep tabs on each other this would never work yeah never you cannot i I can't even imagine half the time i don't even know what the hell city he's in (laughs) people ask me i'm like where's your husband i'm like i don't know drumming in some (laughs) usa town i don't i don't know know. (laughs) no idea he often doesn't know where he is. So, yeah. you know, remember once it's true. Like, oh, we're flying to Newark. And then he called, oh, I'm actually in Bermuda. I'm like, how do you get those things confused? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are two very different climates. <laughs> well, I've, I've seen Matt navigate while driving, so I believe it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like uh, the, the trust thing is, I think, a major stumbling block for a lot of people who are in relationships with musicians because i mean you know whether you're on the road or not you know there's i think the you know the lifestyle and the personality type has uh, a stigma deserved or not just for uh being out all the time (laughs) if you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um and i know that we've always had just like it's we haven't really talked about it hardly at all it's just been kind of an unspoken implicit trust that you know is just there and has always been there um, have you like I, I don't get the impression that either of you uh, have dealt with this as an issue but I can say that I've worked in bands where um, the people have been pretty crazy and yeah. um, <laughs> it, it I feel like these people were, were put in my life for a reason and I would watch this happen and I'm like this is really gross and I don't want this to be me at all and um it it was just i don't know it was just like it was it was good for me to see and just be like man i i'm so glad that i have what i have and i see just people just squandering their lives in just like really bad ways and um it just i don't know it just it just really hit hit home early on especially when i moved to town and started touring and and just like Okay, this is this is reality, and and um, I just need to make sure that everything is is good, and because I'm just seeing people just piss everything away, you know. Yeah. And um, having worked so hard to get to a place where I'm actually making living at music could all be th- thrown away in a in a heartbeat, based on you know just one one bad choice and it's like that's not worth it i've worked too hard i i care about my family and music too much to just squander that that away that's not what drove me to play music that's not what inspired me to start music yeah would you like to talk about your sexual conquests on the road (laughs) (laughs) i I got personally i got into three music for the three m's (laughs) Money, music, and mmm, pussy. 
<laughs> you probably have to cut that, aren't you? Put a delay on it. And like, yeah. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Echo and a little reverb. flange. <laughs> Anybody who knows me knows that I have no game, so I couldn't cheat if I wanted to. Well, that's the other thing. Like, I, you know, we're we're out there on our own, but that's not a good thing. Yeah, like we're drummers, y'all. Yeah, I had to do all the legwork to make this happen. So yeah, yeah, it's not really. I, like I. Right. I, I'm not with her because I had any game. I'm with her because I, you know, I got to like age 29 and I sort of like sort of learned how to dress and got a little got a bit, haircut. got a little bit of a haircut going. And she was like, OK, I can work with this. this you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's almost like when you take the leash off of a person, all of a sudden. They're not so they're not so crazy about mm-hmm drugs or sex or gambling or whatever it might be like if you normalize and validate another human being's wants and desires in the world and then like incorporate that with intention into your life it's almost like it balances out it's Mm -hmm. just like puritanical stuff it makes th- I'm making it sound like we're like we're out here swinging. We're definitely not. <laughs> we're not doing that. <laughs> but we could because we're yeah. liberal and evolving. Yes, and enlightened mm-hmm, and right. libertine. Mm-hmm. And we now have no children in the house. Hey, hey now. And they what got some hey <laughs> and we know you've got costumes somewhere. <laughs> and a soundproof basement. Good oh, God. And a soundproof basement. <laughs> oh, man. I think it's just so fascinating, though. Like, all of these things that we're talking about seem so easy to us because we are in really healthy relationships with partners that we've been with for a long time, that we talk. Like, these are such given, like, given for us, but I don't think that's true for a lot of people, especially when you're starting a new relationship with someone who is an artist or a musician, whatever that is. <clears throat> I think that that can be a very, it's very different because you're talking to, like, this is this is not our first day. We've been doing this a long time. So it's it's hard to kind of think back and and it's a lot more about pressures of people ask me a lot more questions about how I deal with being with a with a musician and a drummer than I ever even consider. Like it doesn't even occur to me to have to defend the kind of life that I have until somebody says how weird it is. How weird it is that like it's not the like the con- the normal construct and so it's just a fascinating thing where we don't think about it in that way at all. And on the flip side of that coin, the you know the the question that I get from so many people, especially since I've been doing this "Ain't Too Proud" gig that has me gone, you know, pretty much the whole time, uh, musicians and civilians alike are like, "Is, is your wife cool with this?" <laughs> you know, <laughs> expecting me to say like, "No, I got divorced to do this gig." <laughs> um, but you're right. For us, it's just like a, a given. Like when the possibility of this gig came up, Christina was like, "If if you get this gig, you're fucking doing it." Um, and it was just not even a question for us. Yeah. Figure it out. <laughs> well, I mean, and 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 there's certainly. I mean, we can recall many times when we've had bumps that we've had to smooth out. I mean, um, maybe three years ago, or it was just before COVID. Um, we got to a point where we thought we could try and work through some things, and 
and we just we figured out we needed counseling and i had never done anything like it before and i wasn't sure but i was like whatever we need to do um because because of life and it had it it could have been i could have had any other job we could have been in any other scenario it, we were just at that point mm-hmm. and we had tried everything and we put a lot of faith in ourselves to try and resolve things but w- it was beyond our abilities and so uh at, we had to just be like okay let's try it and um i'm so glad we did and i loved it and um and it was great and it 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 um it was really good, you know, and I, th- I think that there, there are lots of times when we can, I, I, I tell, I tell people that, and you always think young people, you know, it's like, here's my advice. It's like, if you think that you're going to go into a partnership without any problems, you're a fool. Yeah. You're going to have issues. You're going to have problems. How you deal with those problems is what's most important, you know? So it's not about avoiding issues. It's about like, being able to work through those. And sometimes, and we, I felt like we did pretty well, but we reached a point where it was just above our pay grade. And we, we need to find professional help. Mm-hmm. And it really was great. It really worked. Um, Yay for therapy. Amen. Yeah. Would, I mean, would Aaron the therapist? I know Aaron actually is a therapist, so maybe she should <laughs> <laughs> chime in on this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, Kevin and I just reconsolidated our therapeutic goals with our therapist today, nice. so we are all about it. We oh, like, and I mean, I became a therapist, and it was like, ooh, it turns out that I know so much about you now that I didn't know before. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to need an expert to help us with this. Um, <laughs> but I think even before that, we were seeing our therapist and it was just like the way that one word can mean so vastly different things to two very close humans. And if like, mm-hmm. if that's going on, imagine what else is going on that you're misunderstanding. And uh, I don't think that, I think, I don't think any, just normalize therapy for everybody all the time, but God, like, Yep. The just like to manage a relationship, it's so hard, and it's like shit lurking under the surface you never would have thought was going to be an issue. Um, so that has been a game changer. Gosh, our our therapist helped us conceptualize like music is Kevin's baby. <laughs> we don't have we didn't breed, but he does have a baby in this house, mm. um, and just being able to like put that language around it and to really honor it for that just it was so validating for both of us to to be able to recognize like yeah that's that's what we're doing here we are raising your child um <laughs> and like with my career too like this is what we're passionate about this is what we focus on and we should honor it, it exactly the way that anybody would honor their their human children their fur children their ceramic children i don't know whatever it is um <laughs> But that was so validating. And like it helps to explain why this is so hard, why this is so important, why you gotta be really intentional and, and thoughtful and compassionate. Yeah, I appreciate you saying like just normalizing that. Mm-hmm. And it seems like in recent years, um there's been an effort, there's been a push towards saying like, no, getting help and admitting that you need help. We need to normalize this. Yeah. Uh, some stuff is just out of our control. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Yeah. And honestly, a lot of what we needed to talk through at that time was our experience raising children not together. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, we were raising the same children in the same household, in the same marriage, but not at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it was a lot, you know, and um, I guess I'd do it again. 
Not the labor and delivery. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it was rough on both of us. You know, there are things that he missed and there are th- resentments that I had of, you know, kind of being the nine to five to five to nine parent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's but I think in any marriage, you're going to have that kind of stuff that that's not, you know, some of it is a little special to touring musician, but most of it is just the normal stuff that happens over years of a relationship. Mm-hmm. That's such a great point. Um, and it's something that has come up between Christina and I, especially in the last 10 months since I've been doing this gig, is that, you know, when when one person is away and the other person is left home, um, whether you have kids or not like it's it's hard for both parties in different ways and you know rather one of the one of the things that we're trying to like work on is not competing about who has it harder but i do (laughs) (laughs) way harder she definitely does yeah it's not it's not a competition but if it was you i I like to win also also, please don't send me a picture of the beach in hawaii yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, like, yeah, your forty yes. fifth amazing glass of bourbon. Uh, Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here's 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 a quick tip for drummers on the road. If you are if you are experiencing cool shit on the road, send a picture of it to your partner or tell them about it before you post it on IG. Yeah. Because if your partner found finds out about your amazing fucking road life from IG, you're gonna Reset. hear about it. Pro tip. <laughs> Pro tip. <laughs> yep. It doesn't take long. It's just, you know, we, we wanna we wanna hear about it before the masses do. But yeah, one of the things we're just like navigating is is developing more understanding about the ways in which each of us sort of have it hard when I'm away. Yeah. And it's and it is it isn't a competition, you're right. And I think it's just it's easy to say it's harder for me when I'm at home and I have to do the dog and I have to deal with the gardener and this and that and that and the other thing, and I'm like, oh, but you literally don't ever sleep in your bed you don't get to cook you don't get to do you don't have connection to your friends in the same way you have a gig every night so it's not like you can just you know there's there are things that you give up and also things that you get and I think we want to celebrate that so we want to have the space to not resent and to also celebrate this experience because you know I when you first got this gig I was like you better go and enjoy the shit out of it while you have the opportunity like I don't want you sit in a hotel room doing nothing when you could be going to museums and riding your bike and doing this thing and exploring the world. I also just want to learn about it a little earlier and celebrate with you so that I don't <laughs> sit there and scroll and go, what the hell? Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's really important because you have to you have to feed that need of joy and connection in a different way when you're on the road because you can't get it here. And so yeah. you, you've got to find ways for yourself. And And so again, back to communication. What do I need? What do you need? Those don't always line up. Those those aren't always in kind. Those don't always make sense. Sometimes (laughs) I need a little bit more and he might not want to give it. And I'm I'm like, well, let's talk about why and too bad. Like, (laughs) welcome to marriage. Mostly the too bad part. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's, you know, you don't ever get to just check that box. We've figured this out and the box is checked. Marriage and relationships is a constant renegotiation. And yeah, we do have to have a lot more intentional conversations when your partner is away a lot. And I think that there are great things that can come from that. 
but it's never done. It's never done. Marriage, relationships, connection is never finished. You never get to say, cool, we got that part down. Yeah. You have to constantly reevaluate and constantly ask each other, is this working? Is it not? And sometimes you forget to do that because you get into this cycle and you get into this routine. Um, and so, you know, checking back in regularly just really helps back to therapy when you have to because you have to sit down with your therapist really yeah. good time to do that which we also have one y'all so three for three hey. couples on this call <laughs> all having therapy and i yep. think both of you sort of uh, kind of touched on this but perhaps having a relationship that's quote non-traditional uh raises the kind of common issues just to the surface a little faster um because you're under a different kind of strain and you don't have a bunch of people around you being like, you know, just buy some shoes, you know, <laughs> have him, have him buy you some flowers, you know, like whatever the kind of quote traditional sort of thing is. Cause that's not an option necessarily. And these are like, these are not people that do what everybody else does. Um, right. and I think that I find myself feeling really grateful because these things have come up to the surface and we have needed to deal with them so that I feel a little bit like, we kind of advanced in the relationship world uh, to be able to connect more deeply a little bit faster than maybe other folks because we had to, to make it work. Yeah. Um, That's a great point. That's an interesting point about how, you know, this, this sort of relationship is going to put your uh, flaws and, and potential pitfalls in stark relief, like real fast. (laughs) I think I think when you're traveling and you're on the road, it's and you're communicating with your spouse. It's really also important to read the room, kind <laughs> of know like what's happening on their end. For instance, your wife and family are iced in in Nashville for going on a week. <laughs> <laughs> and you're in Bermuda or not? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There was one time she was having a really hard time at work, and. Uh, I kind of knew it, but I was, you know, I FaceTimed her and I was on, I was on a cruise ship or something. And, and she's like, wow, that looks really nice. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and she's trying to be supportive. And then, and then, I mean, there was just meeting after meeting of all this like really horrible shit that was going on, but um, it just, she just couldn't contain herself. She's like this, I'm having a really hard time. And I'm like, oh my God, I am a shit. um but at the same time i i've been out with people that and i I, i've been out on the road and it's like i want to get something i'm I'm at a special place i'm at a place in the world that i i I should buy i want to buy something i want to talk about that place in san diego where you have that sandwich you really like i really like (laughs) wow that's a memorable she remembers she remembers yeah. y'all um it's pork belly it's pork- <laughs> no 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 I, I i was i was overseas and i'm like i want to get something and just just a just a gift that that lets her know that i was thinking about her and i was with a friend of mine he was early on in his relationship and he's like i don't see anything here that my wife would like and i was like dude it doesn't matter it doesn't mm. matter like you're here we don't have communication. There's no internet. There's no cell phones. We're at a place where like you'll never be at again in your life. Um, and just get something, anything and take it to her to be like, I was on the other side of the world, but I thought of you and I bought this and it could be, I don't know. It could be. a. And that's why I now own a jar of sand from Saudi Arabia. 
Not what I bought. I bought a candle thing. I was in the Middle East, but I, that, it, but she, did, <laughs> she does own a jar of sand. <laughs> I brought Aaron uh, Delta snack peanuts from all. The world. <laughs> so many Biscoff cookies. Um, yeah, <laughs> good. Yeah, they are delicious. Yeah, I don't still own them. Okay, they turned into <laughs> poop really fast. <laughs> oh man, I get, it. I get it. We've we've covered a lot of good ground here, um, and I I really want to thank all of y'all for uh, for doing this, for joining us, for for being open to it, and mostly I I think I can speak for Matt and Kevin when I just want to thank you for marrying us. You got a great job. Hey. Yeah. Joke's on you. <laughs> gotcha. Man, thanks for putting this together. So this much. has been fun. And and I can also say that we've been thinking about this for a couple of years. And anytime I'm talking to somebody about but the podcast. But we've been married for 23. No, 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 no. This whole thing. And I'll be talking to somebody. I said, yeah, man, Zach and I have been talking about doing like getting the spouses together and doing this thing. And everybody's like. That would be amazing. I would love that. So I'm I'm excited. And when you when you're like, let's do this. I'm home for a couple of weeks. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, some people uh, have some insight of uh, what to do or or what not to do. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. This was uh, this was all to make sure that nobody else becomes drummers, right? Right. Yes. <laughs> Yes, cool. yes. And I want to make sure I was on brand the whole time. Right, yeah, right. and that drummers are starved of, of companionship, so that their kind will be uh, <laughs> eliminated from, right. from the. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bye. And do you need, do you need headshots? And do you want to? You want a demo reel and all that? <laughs> so yeah, in the comments below, make sure you list your top ten reasons for not wanting to marry a drummer. <laughs> Absolutely, and tag all your favorite investment bankers. <laughs> Great talking to you all. Thanks for doing it. Thanks. Thanks. Nice meeting Thanks, you. everybody. See you guys. There you go. That was a lot of fun. Hope you dug that. Thanks to Christina, Liz, Aaron, and Kevin for joining us. We talk on the podcast about how there is no one right way to have a successful music career. Everyone kind of has to figure out what works for them, and the same is true for a successful relationship. Nobody does it perfectly, but Christina, Liz, and Aaron are three examples of what it looks like to be really good at it. So thanks to them for joining us and sharing their experience. Next week, we are pleased to welcome another bona fide legend to the podcast. Matt Krauss will be talking with the inimitable David Garibaldi. Hope you check that out. Until then, stay safe, stay sane, play pretty, and thanks for listening. Cheers. Cheers.